Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Shanti, and I'm smiling. I'm so happy. I'm kind of fanboying now, right now, and a lot of you may not even know who I'm about to introduce you to, but the minute she starts talking, you're going to be very excited. So I have to give you a little backstory. The month of July, you know, we were doing a a month full of just helping people find a job because with the pandemic, you know, people were just really going through a tough time. And actually, after doing a poll on my Instagram, I realized that it was really only 30% of my following that needed help in finding work and, and all types of things surrounding the pandemic and being able to pivot in their business. And because we were doing that, all of Team Shanti kind of comes to the rescue. And Alex was uh, searching TikTok and found this amazing post by Jen Ruiz. And she did this really amazing post, which we'll play in just a little bit. But more importantly, she is a lawyer turned blogger. She actually had to pivot in her own business. And it's just really interesting and amazing to... um, kind of be t- getting ready to talk to somebody who does things that me and Scott absolutely love, which is travel before a pandemic. And she challenged herself to take 12 trips in 12 months. And I think she tried to do it on a budget. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But just sit back, get ready to trust and believe in some fun that we're about to have. Somebody say, oh, yeah. no, no, no. What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jen, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Sean. I'm so excited to be here. You know, one of the things I love about social media is just your ability to kind of reach out to people that like to provide a service. I think that um, a lot of times, you know, social media, a lot of people focus on the negative, but there's people like you out there that are really trying to help people in, in different ways than me, like fitness and motivation. Like you're really trying to impact people's lives in a different way. Can you give us a little backstory on you? You can go as far back as you want. I'm just going to sit and listen. And then, um, you know, I just want to ask you some more questions that I know my listeners are going to be really excited to hear the answers to. 
Well, thank you so much. Yes,、um, so I am a lawyer turned travel blogger, like you said. I practiced law for many years and I enjoyed it, but I found that it was very stressful and it was a path that many people feel stuck in because once you go through all of this education, once you work really hard to become somebody that stands out in the legal field, it feels like that's kind of what you're stuck doing, even if it is, isn't personally fulfilling. And I think that's why it's a career that has so much dissatisfaction with people, and people have this, you know, bad reputation for attorneys because attorneys aren't really happy most of the time, right? Like a lot of them are actually creative souls and writers and storytellers that wish that they could be exhibiting that in a different way. And so for me, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the difference I was able to make. I always worked in a capacity where I helped others. So I previously worked、uh, initially with social security law, helping people apply for social security disability benefits. So I、wow. would, it was tough work as a young associate right out of law school to have people who had been employed their whole lives and now are suddenly physically or mentally ill to the point that they can't work. And when somebody, you see somebody who's like at rock bottom and You are their only hope, like you are their Obi Wan Kenobi. And I was just like, I don't know that I could really shoulder all that burden at so, such a young age, you know, as, as a new attorney. You know, within my first week of being an attorney, I was thrown into the courtroom to represent one of these people.、Um, so for、wow. me, it was. A very rewarding process, but it was also very taxing. And I did it for years. I worked for a year as a law clerk in Baltimore City. So I worked in a felony trial court. I saw some crazy stuff. I talked. <laughs> I talked to jurors. I really got a behind the scenes, you know, after a trial was over as to how the process works and what they're paying attention to. Hint most of the time it's the wardrobe of the attorneys. Like, they will notice if your shoes are scuffed and they will talk about it in、wow. the jury room. <laughs> so, <laughs> people are interesting、um, and the things that they focus on. So, I really love that I had this. Benefit of having a law and order experience at a young age, working for a judge, being in a felony trial court, being in the, in the action of it all, and then being an attorney and getting dropped into 700 cases, you know, that I did within the span of the four years or so that I practiced, one after the other.、Um, it was wonderful. But then the year before my 30th birthday, After going through some failed Tinder dates, you know, things that never really work out, you always have people that end up ghosting you or people that are just really interested. Girl, don't we all know? We all know. <laughs> <laughs> And I had one particular guy that was、um, really good looking, not as good of abs as you, Sean, of course,、um, but I mean, you know. <laughs> aspired to have Sean T level abs, right? And so I think that I was partially blinded by that and his ambitions. He wanted to be in,、uh, a doctor, he wanted to go into medicine. And so I thought to myself, the dating pool is shrinking and I have to kind of just do my best to catch whatever it is that I have available because as a woman before 30,、mm. You experience a lot of societal pressure in that sense. It almost feels like musical chairs, and then by 30, like the music stops, and you have to just, whichever guy you're with, like pick a chair, sit down, and get married, and that's what you're gonna do. And so for me, it wasn't a game that I particularly enjoyed playing, and I didn't feel that I had a quality chair to commit to 
for the rest of my life at that point, and that really the candidates I had were just flimsy material, like IKEA chairs at best. No offense, IKEA, you furnished my. But can I say this? <laughs> I, I want to say this. I'm so happy you're actually talking about this because coming from a male. You know, I want to say this sometimes, and I think it could be taken the wrong way because I'm not a female. And I'm, because I always try to tell people when it comes to love, or I mean, we've all made mistakes in that department, but don't settle just because of an age. And even going through the process of having a surrogate for Scott and my children, you know, it was this thing where if you pick an egg donor that's over 30, you have less of a chance. And it's all of these pressures that, uh, you know, society puts on women in so many different ways from like from from embryos to marriage to it's like y'all don't need nobody like (laughs) women are strong women are powerful like y'all make shit happen so anyway i just wanted to say that i just love how you just said i wasn't going to settle for for the game that people wanted me to play yes it really felt like there was this sort of ticking time bomb and if you weren't settled up by that point, reaching these, you know, societal milestones, then you weren't succeeding and you weren't keeping Mm -hmm. up with your peers. I think a lot of women feel that way. And I personally think that it's very outdated because for instance, maybe that made sense when people live to be 40, right? So you already had to be booed up and with a child by 20 because time is ticking and you got to have grandchildren by 30. And like, that's how life goes, right? But it's not that way. It's not that way. It, we live to be, you know, 80, 90, 100, more than that now. And I really think that we deserve to take some time, especially our 20s, which I think are our most transformative years, where we really think, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? You know, what do I want to put my mind to and become? Um, and take that time to enjoy that and be that person and develop yourself and not feel that you have to already devote your time as a woman imagine when you have a child your life is no longer your own I'm sure you know and so it's really difficult I think to invest the time into yourself when you're already putting so much into so many other people and I think we as women do that because we naturally want to be nurturing and that's our way of showing love is by giving everything we have to everyone else sometimes at the consequence of ourselves and I think that it's not necessary I think if somebody wants to do it excellent and for somebody with a nurturing partner even better Um, but I don't think that just because of pressure you know I know so many women that um, have gotten inseminated because they feel like they are running out of time to have children or because whatever the case may be so there are so many pressures that we put on ourselves and I just decided that I I had been playing along with that whole game right I've been playing the tinder game and I've been going out there and I've been one of these people and it didn't work out for me so I thought let me do something radically different Yes. Well, first of all, I want to make point because you have a good personality. Every time you say Tinder, I think of Sweetie's song, tap, 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 and make it swipe like Tinder. (laughs) Yes, I did a TikTok to that song. Yes, Um, oh my gosh. I can't believe I haven't seen it. I need to go back and look at that one. Okay. I have swiped so much on Tinder. (laughs) My finger was going to fall off. It was really, I, and I think there is a point where you reach, like, we have shown you all your matches. Like, sorry. 
There's no more men for you right. in the world. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. So you wanted to change careers. You're turning 30. You're not playing a game. So what happened? I'm like so into this. <laughs> I hadn't been planning on changing careers. I had just been planning on celebrating my 30th birthday. You know how some people extend their birthday celebrations to like a week, a month, something crazy. And I was like, mm-hmm. I have never done that. I've been very fair about my time. Like Cinderella, when midnight comes, like my birthday has been up and I have not imposed people obligations beyond the 24-hour period so for my 30th birthday I'm calling in all of those you know and I've decided to celebrate the entire year because it really I know and you know as a 30 year old now I won't say that I'm past the youth but I really felt like it was that youth time um, to be young and wild and in your 20s and crazy and do something impulsive and do something personal and for me and as somebody who had gone to law school you know started working right afterwards always been very regimented I wanted to just have like I'm gonna take 12 trips in 12 months and I'm gonna see the world because I'm a young professional because I earned it because I feel confident that I can figure this out and you know find a way to get these plane tickets and get myself to where I want to be and make these dreams actually come true instead of sitting there thinking, oh, one day it would be so nice to run in the lavender fields in France. Um, One day it would be so nice to volunteer, you know, with elephants in Thailand and really get to be up close with them in in an ethical way. It just did it. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you, what was the the one driving force that made you want to you know, take 12 12 trips in 12 months. Like, what was that one thing? Like, do you remember where you were when you thought about doing that? Yes. So my first trip was in Athens, Athens, Greece. So for my birthday, I went to the Parthenon and I spent the best day eating, you know, heroes and going to the Parthenon Museum and seeing priceless works of art and just really enjoying this experience um, and realizing that before I had actually planned to be with Mr. Wannabe Shanti Abs for New Year's and my birthday because <laughs> that's right. My birthday's January 3rd, so it's two days beyond New Year's. I had originally had New Year's plans with him, and being there in Athens reminded me of how powerful it was that I kind of just took back this plan, that it wasn't something that I let to the wayside, that I wasn't sitting there in my house just being like, oh, my plans didn't go through, so I guess I won't do anything. No, my plans didn't go through, so I'm going to use both of those tickets to trade it for a ticket to Athens and go to Athens and have a fantastic birthday because I believe that there's power in birthdays. I believe that there's power in starting your year off with something magnificent, something awe-inspiring, something that challenges you. And for me, that was travel. I had a glimpse of it, you know, a few years back when I uh, flew a plane for my birthday. And, wow. and that was insane. The instructor said, you know, take it for a loop. And I was like, I just want to hold it steady and like live to see the next day. Yes, um, that is wild. I love it. But it was really, it showed me that I think previously, since I had gone to college in Miami, I had really been wrapped up in that extravagant lifestyle. So to me, a successful birthday looked like having a hundred people minimum there with firecrackers in your cake at a VIP club, right? All of that. And I just realized that when I put that aside and I went for what actually made me happy, which was doing something that I had always thought of doing and just found reasons to put off for later and just taking that step and being bold and making it happen, that was so much more rewarding 
than any VIP party I've ever tried to throw. And I had more fun, and I remember that birthday more vividly than any other birthday before that. And that's when I started traveling and doing experiences for my birthday. Wow. So do you remember all 12 off the top of your head? Like, where'd you go? I can go through them. And halfway through the year, I started to get a little bit crazy, too, and decided to double up. So I ended up taking 20 total. Um, Yes. But I started in Athens. On the way back, I hit up Milan. Then on, yes. I came back to Italy in February. I went to Florence. Then in March, I went to Aruba. And then yes. in April, I went to the Grand Canyon my first time. Then in May, I went back to Greece. And then I went to uh, Mexico in June. Then I went to south of France in July for the Lavender Fields. Um, Toronto with my parents in August, which was really lovely to just have a family trip and just kind of regroup with everybody and have them see what I was doing. Um, September, Iceland. I went into a volcano that was crazy. I love that. Oh my it was. It's one of the only places in the world where you can go into a volcano. It really was impressive. You can see all of the um, fissures and just all of the different geological formations, and they, it was incredible. And that was something that I was able to do as part of my journey. Um, so I'll never forget that. Then I went to the Albuquerque hot air balloon fiesta. That was my first time on a hot air balloon. I got to go up with 300 other balloons. It was incredible. Um, And of all shapes and sizes, from like a pink elephant to Yoda balloons. And it was just magical. Ecuador, I went swinging off the edge of the world there on a swing that kind of goes over an active, you know, rainforest area. Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, Austin, Texas. And then I finished off San Francisco. And then I finished (laughs) off the year with... Uh, Thailand and Cambodia. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. That is incredible. It sounds a lot like uh, Scott and I, for his 40th birthday, we took an around-the-world trip. And we it was incredible. But we can talk about that at another time, too. So, you took this trip... Instead of like trying to settle for the wannabe Sean T, you're having a good time. So, <laughs> so tell me about the blog. How did your blog come up? Like, what was the driving force, and what have you learned throughout that process of creating a blog and and having one? So, as an attorney, I felt like I needed a creative outlet, right? Like, I felt like my writing was very was very routine and just these mundane legal documents and that I needed something to be able to write. So I started in 2014 freelancing for Elite Daily, which was doing at the time just different pop culture, different different kinds of articles covering all kinds of things. I had articles go viral, getting, you know, more than 10 million views on like why your brother is the most important guy in your life or 10 signs you're dating a gentleman kind of thing. And it was um, kind of a little bit more 
less serious than the topics I tackled now, but it was such a mental release for me to just be able to type out something fun, type out something I actually enjoyed, and have mm. it be seen and received by people. That's when I realized that my words could really impact somebody. You know, on the brother piece, I got somebody that wrote to me saying that her brother had passed and that reading the article reminded her of all of the fun times that they had together, and it really brought up a lot of fond memories for her and that was when I realized how powerful words are beyond just you know filing lawsuits in court or whatever the case may be telling a story connecting with people words resonate words matter words give people hope and for me that was something that I enjoyed pursuing on my free time and I did so for about two years without any sort of direction until 2016 when I started traveling more and the year before my you know 12 trips and 12 months challenge when I decided to really go all in on the blog I rebranded twice and before I finally landed on jet on a jet plane I even shut it down at one point thinking okay, blogging's just not for me. You know, it's taking up time. Blogging takes money. I don't, people, don't think people realize, but it takes yes. up a lot of time, effort. It's a creative project that you nurture. And for me, I loved it, but I felt like I hadn't, I wasn't really clear with it. I w- didn't have a business plan. I wasn't really sure how I wanted to monetize. I wasn't being purposeful with what I was writing. Um, more just taking articles that I didn't get a chance to pitch to Elite Daily and, you know, putting those on my site, but that wasn't, it's not being built up in the same way. So once I started attending travel conferences and being present and active in my field, meeting other people who were doing it well, seeing how it could be done, I realized that blogging was not this phase. It was not this virtual diary where you sit there and just kind of tell everybody your day, but rather a legitimate way to have a website that helps solve problems for people, helps entertain people, helps inform people, helps keep people, um, you know, aspiring to go somewhere, to be their better selves, to get into shape, and that somebody who does a website that is well-targeted can really reach a wide audience because more and more, you know, we're not looking for encyclopedias. We're not going to the library to research the archives. Like, we're on Google. That sounds so fun. Like, I mean, so tell me, I mean, I think the thing that I'm most interested, well, I'm interested in everything. I feel like we need to just hang out another time. But one of the things that I'm really interested in and I know a lot of people will be interested in is how did you start to monetize it? Because... You know, a lot of people say, you know, you should go after your passion and everything and, you know, until you make money. But sometimes it's a lot of investment before you're able to make that money. So how what was what were some of the tools you used to start to monetize your passion? So I think the first thing people need to realize is that to monetize a website or an Instagram profile or any business that you have online, you have to have a really well-defined target and a market and somebody that you can say that you are reaching so that when you aim to monetize your platform, either with sponsored ads, whether affiliate ads, you know, or whatever the case may be, that you can get somebody that is interested in who it is that you're reaching. So you're not just kind of a catch-all, right? So you want to be clear. If you're somebody who has an accessibility website about, you know, wheelchair users, you want to say, even if you don't have that expansive of a following, you can make a lot of money because you've targeted wheelchair users, which are a very specific subset of people that are now following you, that trust you, that believe you're an authority in this. So think about who it is that you want to cultivate as your audience. For me, it was young professionals, it was solo females, it was women, primarily in the U.S., that have you know very strict schedules professional lives and 
want to be able to balance that with time off, want to be able to feel empowered to explore and develop and be their own person without the pressure that society puts to fit a certain mold. And so all of that makes my content tailored towards a specific person. And I think if you know that right off the bat, and this could be in absolutely anything, right? So let's say you want, you're a video game expert and you want to talk to just gaming people who, you know, are going to be up at three in the morning and doing these things, you know, that's the content you want to create. It doesn't have to be that you have an expansive audience, but it has to be that you have an audience that values what it is that you're sharing and takes you as an authority in that. And I think with that, you can monetize that because you already have people who trust you. If you just have a catch-all, and that's why things like bots that's why things like buying, none of that works because you're just getting extra numbers, but none of that are none of those are actual customers. So that's not doing anything except for possibly trying to pull the wool over the eyes of campaigns that you're working with. But they're going to see through that. There are tools for people to determine what kind of engagement is valid. So you're much better off, even if it's a small number. Don't feel that you have to be, you know, a million plus followers. You don't have to be Sean T level popular <laughs> to get paid. You just have to offer somebody a solution because at the end of the day, not everybody can be that big, right? I use Deepak Chopra sometimes as an example, who's a fantastic, well-known meditation specialist, but not everybody can learn meditation from Deepak. Some people are going to have to learn meditation from other people. And so there's room in this space for whatever it is that you're an expert in. I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of times people get uh, unmotivated and kind of just you know, kind of beat down because they see a number of a person where somebody like Shanti and I'm like, well, I've been doing this for 23 years and I've had a commercial commercials on TV and I've been in people's households. Like, you know, like you can't compare, like there are other fitness instructors out there that make really good content, really good money. They're great instructors and they may have 35,000 followers, but they have the followers that really want to invest in the message. And I, and the other thing is, and the flip side of that is like, I can't touch everybody and no, not everyone's going to like Sean T, you know, for various reasons. And so I just, I want to co-sign on what you said, which is don't give up just because someone else has a lot. Don't mean you can't have a lot too, or you just can't have some and still, you know, be really successful with that. Some, what were some of the, you know, I wanted to ask you because a lot of people talk about bots and they don't really know what that is. And there are a lot of people out there who, people out there follow and they're like oh my gosh this person has so many followers and i'm like they bought them what are the and i'm like i don't i mean maybe there's some positivity to it but i'm all about engagement and really touching people give people like a background on bots and why you know just kind of give a little information so people can really understand what they are and 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 how they're and why they're not good for your business in addition to what you said Yeah, it can be really tough when deciding what you want to invest your money on. And especially on platforms like Instagram that have so many people that are making, you know, five-figure brand deals on one photo, it entices people to grow quickly. And so people look for a shortcut as a way to do that. And so they would go to services that you could pay a flat fee and get a boost of followers. Um... I know somebody off the top of my head that I'm thinking of who emailed me asking me about, you know, my followers on Instagram and asked me, you know, why can't you just pay for those? Um, And I responded, you know, this was back when I was trying to get over the 10K hump. And he's like, why don't you just buy to get over the 10K hump? I was like, well, 
you know, because it's problematic, you get flagged by Instagram, you have all these accounts that then drop off, so then sometimes they're not replenished, and then you just have sudden growth and not, and it looks weird. Um, and so for, for all those reasons at the time, it wasn't appealing. But he went ahead and did it, did it anyway. And so he immediately boosted his account to like 50,000. Over time, they drop off, right? Because these aren't real accounts. These are accounts that are made to follow the accounts that have paid for the service, rake in the money, and then just keep it moving. So they're flagged by um, different social media profiles. They're not permanent. They don't really have valuable content. And they kind of tag you as a spammy account. Also, when your numbers increase like that, so you have more followers but less engagement, it hurts your your statistics ultimately. So you don't want to necessarily just be bloating yourself with numbers if nobody's actually leaving meaningful comments or the comments they're leaving on something like, you know, sad is like, oh, awesome post rather than like, I'm so sorry that happened to you because that's what bots do. Right. They, they comment without any context. They just are known to just put in words or emojis. And Instagram cracked down on that a while back. So that's really difficult to do um, now unless you're, I guess, paying more and more money for that. And I've seen higher-end Instagrammers, especially in the travel space, because you can get, I mean, if you are a high-end Instagrammer, you can get a $30,000 a night hotel, you know, comp. That is something that happens. You can get major brand deals and campaigns. And for those reasons, it's very enticing for people to buy their followers, to inflate their numbers and be on there. That was part of the reason why I don't like being on Instagram and I'm not that active on there. I've been on campaigns where I have been asked to be part of it as um, a journalist or been asked to represent with my blog. And I've been on campaigns where Instagram influencers have been there as well. And sometimes Instagram influencers are paid and the journalists are not. You know, there's kind of a discrepancy and it's really a world where it's very much mean girls driven and it's all about your status Mm. and how beautiful and these pictures are and I can play the game and I can get an address after hiking 12 miles, but I resent it. <laughs> do I, right, do right, I, right, right. Do I want to be in a dress right now when I'm exhausted having to take these pictures instead of actually enjoying the view of where I just hiked to? Because I have to post this picture on Instagram because I know that's the formula that's going to get likes in the travel world. I got so tired of that that with the pandemic, I think that that's one unexpected benefit was that that, that pressure was relieved suddenly traveling wasn't glamorous, right? Like, people don't want to see that. I mean, I think, if anything, celebrities saw pushback, like, oh, so you're in your fabulous mansion, like, life is so hard for you. So, (laughs) and it's tough for people. So nobody wanted to see these status symbols anymore. And all of that that kind of did well was not doing as well anymore. And we've seen a resurgence in it now, but I think that's what allowed TikTok to do so well. Because people could go on TikTok and be in their house and be with their hair a hot mess and just record something honestly and not feel that they have to edit it for 50, you know, well, except some people do edit like crazy on TikTok, some special effects. But for me, I thought that the allure of it was that people could really be themselves and that you didn't have to be heavily edited to go viral. You didn't have to have a million followers to have your message seen, that it really relied on the quality of content. And it felt like for the first time... There was finally a platform that recognized that and valued that in me because in all of the things that I had ever been to, all of the press trips, I'd always said, like, I want to share information about these locations. I want to share facts about, like, the people who lived here and the history that happened here. And everybody's like, 
you're crazy. Why don't you just want to take the pretty picture? And I'm like, because I want to learn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, sometimes, you know, you scroll through Instagram and you see a pretty picture and you're like, I want to go there because that pool looks like it's on a cliff and it's whatever. But you, uh, most of the time you may save it, but then you scroll by it because it was just a pretty picture where with somebody like you, who you write about it, you have them have an emotional connection I'm more apt to follow someone like you that is giving me information while being honest and, you know, authentic than just being like, oh, well, these people have really great abs and they're good looking. And I'm like, OK, like, that's fine. But what what is it about this place that I'm going to like other than spending a shit ton of money just to go, you know, lay in the pool? That was actually something that happened with me in Bali. And sometimes I wonder if I'm just weird, if I'm just a weird person. But most people are not. <laughs> most people <laughs> well, we all are, kind of. The glamorous beachside location where you can see, I mean, Bali is the home of the beautiful people. If you want to see beautiful, LA has nothing on Bali. Like, I mean, like, just, yes. They all flock from all over the world, the world's most beautiful people to be there. But I didn't spend my time in that kind of beachside tropical paradise area i spent a lot of my time in ubu the city central and city center and i stayed with a homestay with a family there and so a lot of my time in bali maybe wasn't spent glamorous on the beach with these floating breakfasts i don't have a floating breakfast picture but i do have a picture of a ceremony that i attended with that family where i was the only non-balinese person inside this temple and where i'm sitting like on the ground with everybody experiencing all of this in a different language, you know, getting the holy water sprayed on me, having the flower in my hair. (laughs) And I'm really just taking it in because I'm grateful enough to even be invited. I was so happy that they felt that they could include me in something like that and that I would care, that I would appreciate it, that I would take time out of my day or my vacation to be part of this with them and that I wanted to experience that. And so for me, that's always been what I try to give off when I travel. I want to learn about your culture. I want to learn about your events and your you know, traditions because what's the point of traveling otherwise? If I just traveled to just see the hotel, I mean, they have the same hotels everywhere. I want to really interact. I want to really engage. And I want to know something new about this country by the time that I leave. Have you had or gotten any messages from your target audience, single women who, you know, followed you and did something that empowered them through your blog? Do you have any really amazing success stories? So many. And that's why I keep going, because as somebody who is new to this public figure life, I think I have been really shocked by it all. Um, how many people message you? How many people? All of it. It's just been a big adjustment for me. Um, going from attorney, which is relatively, you know, it's like accountant, right? Like nobody, nobody asks what you do if you're an accountant. And so I just, I have been thrust into a place where I'm reaching people I didn't think I would be reaching. When I wrote, I wrote my article for the Huffington Post partly on wannabe Shanti Abs Guy. And it was on why I quit dating to travel the world full time. And that article was translated into Spanish. I had women reaching me, you know, from Russia, from all over the place, being like, your story really resonated with me. I really want to do this. So I think one of the first times where I saw that people were actually taking action and wanting to do what I was doing, um, I was somebody that I knew from college. And she had always had a spinal disorder and that she had kind of been working on with multiple surgeries throughout the year. So when she contacted me telling me that she took 
her first solo trip domestically here to, I believe, Michigan or somewhere in the U.S. in, in that kind of upper pocket, but that she did it because of me and because of what she had seen, and she just wanted to try it herself. And it was only the beginning for her. She's been to very to a lot of other destinations since then, but I think before then she felt that it just wasn't something she had in her, but seeing, you know, following my journey inspired her to go. And that was somebody I knew. That was somebody I had, you know, been friends with in college and I had seen her struggle. And so I was really impressed to see that people were not only watching, but taking what I was doing to heart and trying to take a risk themselves because of it. Yes, that's amazing. Let's talk about a little more in traveling because... I travel a lot, and I've never tried to take advantage. And I just want to let all my listeners know this is a selfish question that I need answered. Um, I, I never take advantage of the fact that I'm Shanti. I feel like really awkward and weird to be like, "I'm Shanti. I'm coming to the restaurant," even though you know Alex and Scott will be like, "Shanti's coming. Let's name drop." You know, that's fine. <laughs> But I just, I don't know. I just kind of have this thing where I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like I need to say that. But there are times where there are places that I want to go and, you know, I might want to teach a class or I might want to, you know, provide some services. What are some ways, you know, somebody like me can do that? And a lot of people may be like, Sean, well, you have an agent to do that, but I don't want my agent to do it. I want to learn for myself. Like, how do I interact with these vacation destinations? Because I also love going to restaurants that are you know, from this, like you said, the city center. I love that. So can I get some tips, please? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I commend you for that because I think it's so easy to just say I'll outsource this, but I, I enjoy that you want to learn how to do it yourself. I think everybody should want to know as much of that as possible. Um, so I would first see if you can make a personal connection with brand representatives in in-person meetings, events. If you know, for instance, that you are really big on wine, you want to go to different wineries or things of the sort, they have wine and travel conferences that you can attend. I'm sure you can find a, t- uh, you know, a topic to speak on, whether it's you know, the role celebrities can play, you know, pitch something fancy with your expertise. Yes. And then once you get into that speaker room, then you can coordinate with all the different people who are working with those brands, whether they're PR representatives or directly working for the brands themselves, the vice president of this hotel chain or whatever the case may be. Then once they know you, I would reach out to them. This is the same advice I would give anybody trying to pitch a, or collaborate with a brand. I think you just do better when you have an introduction, warm lead. They know who you are. You have the benefit of being Shanti, so they know who you are. But for most, I got a people, slight little int- little little head start. But yeah, <laughs> for most people, I just think it helps to have. Uh, an exchange of business cards, somebody that knows to be expecting your contact, something you can reference, saying it was so nice to speak with you about this or hear about your offerings in Japan or so nice to see that you're going to be doing this kind of you know, conference for the Olympics. I'd love to work with you to promote this particular you know, initiative. So the reason why it's twofold, one, it helps, them, it helps you reference something that you have and establish a, coll- a connection right off the bat. And two, you can tailor your pitch towards what you know their marketing needs will be. So if you know they have a big event coming up, if you know that they have, you know, a big initiative or something that they want to draw attention to or they want to really become a new culinary destination, you can talk about ways that you can market to help them in that sense. And then you're not just pitching random coverage, but really targeted and specific coverage that helps their marketing needs. I think that that's the best way. And then if you can follow up by phone. So I think most people really avoid the phone, but I think phone is really helpful just to get an idea of where everyone's at. And then you have a deal. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I think it's interesting too because last night I was listening to, I listened to this podcast called Crime Junkies. Don't ask me. I just love true crime. (laughs) I, I actually low key, I don't know how many people know this, but I actually wanted to be a lawyer uh, purely because I grew up in a, like the place where I grew up in surrounding towns was just always, it was just bad. It was like violent killings, this, that, and I always wanted to be a lawyer because of the investigating. Like there were so many people that went missing or they never know what happened. And I always wanted to be like that, like figure out to get justice. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. But the point, I, the reason why I thought of that is because you said one of the things you can do is go to like a convention or something you're interested in. And I found out last night that they have like this crime junkies type, like true crime conventions. And I was like, oh my God. And I immediately said to Scott, I was like, oh my gosh, when this pandemic is over, I'm totally going to that. I'm going to have my little hat on. I don't know if I'm going to be able to hide being Shanti, but I'm meeting people <laughs> and I just like want to get involved, whatever. But um, so that's really interesting because that's something I'm interested in. All right. I just want to pivot a little bit and I have my notes here because, you know, more than, you know, lawyer turned blogger, really helping people out, really building a business, helping women feel empowered and not have to feel like they have a, a glass ceiling when it comes to age and living their best life. You know, you also have, you also are part of a nonprofit organization uh, in Puerto Rico. Can you tell me about that or tell us about that, please? Yes, absolutely. So when I left the law, I wanted to find a cause that really spoke to me. I knew that I didn't go through all of that education to just not use my degree anymore. I just didn't want to use it in the way where I felt like I didn't have the autonomy to really <clears throat> decide how I spent my time and, and my path, my career path. So I kind of traveled the world looking for a cause that spoke to me. And finally, when I came to Puerto Rico, um, again, because I was born here, I lived here till I was six. And then my mom, who's a teacher, moved away because she found better teaching opportunities in the States. And it was wonderful for me to have the benefit of an American education that I think I'm a a product of public schools in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. rough school system. And they knew us because, um, so for high school, people knew that we were kind of the magnet school, still public, but with some, you know, so we were targeted like, ooh, the nerds, get them. Yeah, yeah. Being a part of a magnet program, I'm sure people were looking at y'all like, excuse me. Yes. And it was was just um, an interesting experience. But I learned a lot of things with Philadelphia. I learned street smarts. I learned how to be around all sorts of different people, right? Like people in my, I never had a non-diverse class. Like I had people from everywhere. 
Um, but generally, I when I came back to Puerto Rico, I realized that I had a lot of opportunities that people here in Puerto Rico don't have. And not to sound like any kind of, you know, superior or savior sort of way, but just basic things in terms of like extracurricular that really made school not a chore but fun for me. Like I was president of my elementary school in fourth grade. I won by giving out bubble gum to people that was kind of illicit and kind of a bribe, but kind yes. of there wasn't a rule against it until after <laughs> I won. And that made going to school so much more than just go to class and go home. It made it enjoyable. It made it interactive. It taught me skills that went beyond just the classroom, but actually showed me how to debate, how to be part of a team, you know, how to do all of these things. And here in Puerto Rico, I think that it's really tough for students because they don't have all of those different, you know, sports and those in those same kind of competitive ways. And it's not libraries aren't here. I grew up in a library. My mom felt she didn't want me to go home walking. She didn't think I would be safe. That was probably smart. So I would have to wait for her to come and pick me up at the library. So I spent every day after school, I'd walk like across the street to the library and wait for my mom to come get me at around six o'clock. And I would spend like three hours at the library. There's no public libraries here in Puerto Rico. So mm. I realized that people were really only seeing learning as a chore and work is something that you have to do to get by and not as a potential way that you can actually prosper or get ahead, but just something that you have to tolerate and then get done with it and then go to the beach, have your medalla and, you know, take, tolerate your yes. life that way. And so, <laughs> but now with all the natural disasters, people have really, the people that are, have remained have endured and they've had to find ways to get creative, especially now with the pandemic, because previously it was a delay of relief funds and now it's a delay of foot traffic and travel. So everybody that's here and that still is trying to run a small business, I think has the potential to really do well. Puerto Rico is uniquely positioned because it has access to the U.S. Postal Service. There's good internet most of the time. And so you can really be well positioned to make an online business. So my nonprofit helps people who have a traditional business monetize their business with online income streams. If you have a storefront that you're dependent on people coming in from the cruises that have been impacted, we can sell your products online. If you're an expert in a particular trade or craft, we can start a YouTube channel to help show how you paint these watercolors, how you put together these small tiny houses, you know? Um, If you're somebody who has a different tour, let's say that you're a tour provider, your only knowledge is the rainforest and you know these trails that no one else knows and because no one's here you have no idea what to do and how to monetize. Let's put that to good use. Let's write a book about the rainforest and publish that, you know? Let's put together a virtual tour or a sample where you're sending, you know, different scents or something of the sort to help people travel virtually. So that's what I have been working on, and it just happened wow. to be very timely this year. And what's, what's the name of it? It's called People of Puerto Rico. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. Now, do you um, – I'm like, how do I donate? Like, how does that, <laughs> how does that happen? Well, thank you so uh, much. Yes, we do accept donations. Um, it will go directly to impact the entrepreneurs that we are working with. I'm starting off with three that I'm currently working with. Um, one of them is – the cutest she has like a little um like kind of stuffed animal toys and a comic-con she's going to be a comic-con this year um and so just helping them these entrepreneurs of all ages and levels just become successful we'll be happy for your support and to help you sponsor an entrepreneur here in puerto rico um because really that's it is that it's teaching them and 
showing them how to do something so they don't have to outsource it and they don't feel like this knowledge is beyond them. Because with a smartphone, with basic apps, with Etsy, with Airbnb, all of these apps, anybody can really have a business or an income stream online and it doesn't have to be beyond your scope or your knowledge. I am so motivated. So make sure we put the uh, the link in the show notes. Let me know. I'm going to look into it. That's something that I'm like... <laughs> You are such a wonderful person, great energy, and not only are you doing things for yourself and empowering yourself, but I just love how it really all ends with you wanting to help people and really empower people to be themselves. And I want to let you know, even though your target audience is these amazing single women in the U.S., you have inspired a 42-year-old married male with twins. I'm, I'm just so inspired by what you do. And um, and thank you so, so, so much. I really appreciate it. Likewise, I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to come on your platform and just sharing my message. And thank you so much because I really do think that people need to hear that it's okay to be different, to be unconventional, to take the path less taken. And I hope that whether it's with remote work or travel, that they feel empowered to do that. And I think your show and your message is just a great place to start. So thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. And then the last thing I want to say is, and you might be really upset at me, I've never been to Puerto Rico. So I so I have friends out, I have many friends that are like, come to Puerto Rico, come to Puerto Rico. I've had many people ask me to come to do an event there. I just, I've guessed it with time, but now that I know you, and not to say that I wasn't empowered to come before everybody else, <laughs> but I'm so, I'm so, I want to come and I, I hope you know, I can come for you and meet you, and that would be just so amazing. I have some good places to show you, some hidden waterfalls, some nice just be- pink lakes, you know, kayaking on stars in the Bio Bay. I can show you Puerto Rico. Come down. And I want... F- I don't want restaurant food. I want well, maybe we'll I will support one of the the new businesses in terms of restaurant, but I want that home cooking. Okay. Yes, the food <laughs> is so flavorful. You will not have any issues here. People just the adobo, the sazon, all of that, just uh, double it up. So <laughs> it's delicious. Yes. Well, thank you, Jen, for joining our show. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. All right, everyone. I was so excited about that episode because just seeing Jen's TikTok and her passion and compassion and motivation to help other people and do it with a smile is something that I think a lot of people do. We just don't see a lot of it. And I just feel like her energy and spirit radiates beyond So thank you for listening to this episode of Trust and Believe. There are always people out there that trust and believe in you. And there are always people out there that want to help you. If you want to build a business, if you want to feel motivated and empowered to make a change in your life, don't be afraid to do it. You can do it. Just never give up. My name is Shanti. Thank you for listening and always trust and believe in who you are.